Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, episode number 526. It's uh, front office only. Is that what Jake called it? And we're going to enjoy it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, presented to you by Seat Geek. My name is Jimmy. Trevor in front of his guitars wearing tie-dye and producer BBD behind the dish. Trev wearing a Jake Sucks hat. Jake is not with us. He said front office only because you guys are players only. Is that what he said? I don't know what he's talking about. Do you ever really fully understand Jake? Not in text, man. I don't know. People that don't <laughs> know Jake might not know that. Maybe the hardest person to understand what he's saying through text sometimes. One Sometimes one time I... uh, when we were on the Milwaukee trip last year, I forget the exact message that was sent, but I was with Rob in, in our hotel room, and Jake sent some message that Rob had no idea what he was trying to say. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, meet him I, in the lobby. I remember he did that with Sam once, and I've got 20 years of Jake Tech in my life, and I was like, he's asking you, actually, if this is that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? It's very, it's very funny. Whenever he's serious, I, I don't like it. I'm like, where, why are you being serious? I don't stop he's being always serious. Just joking. Be always joking. Hey, I didn't yeah. tell you I was going to do this, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to do it. Okay. Live. Yeah. You and I and Jake and BBD have talked about the format of the show, kind of where we want to take it, where we think it's gone. We're going to try something a little different today. We're still going to recap all the games and do that, but we're going to hit that quicker, and then we're going to talk about kind of bigger, broader topics over both leagues and the interleague today. I think it's going to make for like a smoother show. We're trying something. Bear with us. We uh, Yeah, there's trying. been a lot of internal talk about the format of the show. Somewhat impossible. Somewhat stale. So we're doing it a little different. Trev and I are going to try it out while Jake's gone. I think Jake's gone next Friday, or so are you. Um, so there's going to be a little wiggle period. What's that called? I don't know. It's it's going to be an hour of me um, just telling everybody their team stinks. That's how people hear me anyway. And that's not true. Like, you really enjoy the game of baseball. And I don't care. I think because I'm indifferent, everyone just wants to hear praise. Like, I only dislike the Rays and the Red Sox. Ooh, speaking of the Red Sox, might have a new nickname for them. Okay, stay tuned. So, yeah, we're still going to do the baseball boogie music, but we're going to just hit all three kind of at the front and then little chatter about some teams. And then Trev and I both said, like, this is what I want to talk about, which I think is always makes for a better show if we're actually talking about things we want to talk about instead of just kind of like, going down the list and be like, what about this series? Which as you guys have noted over and over again, it's really tough to do. It's tough. So, and we'll, let's say what we always say, James. Yeah. You guys know your teams better than we know your teams for sure. For sure. For sure. Although Watching, I might know more than everybody. Like I'll just yeah, say that right now. That's fair. Hmm. That's fair. <laughs> Trev, your little hit on TV was awesome. Really good. Thanks, man. That was, it was they just come the find you. Game. I know, um, but you're sitting there. Teddy looks so cool. You got your glove on. 
<laughs> People like, think I'm a dork for being my glove, but I'm like, dude, I could save someone's life with this thing. You could. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like Hample should be paying you big money because you're kind of making bringing your glove cool again. Do people people see that as like nerdy, huh? Like a, yeah. a grown man with a glove? Nah. Yeah. Well, they think you're going to steal balls from kids. I just like having my glove on. And I, there's yeah, not a lot of times where it's socially acceptable. You bring to it on like every glove. trip with you. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You got a nice glove. It's all leathered up and shiny. Show yeah. glove. I've. Before we go on to the thing, I found the text I was alluding to with Jake and Rob. Uh, on the Milwaukee trip, Jake texted a group chat of all of us, Davis, do you need the soup case? And uh, that that was asking me if I needed the suitcase full of like headsets for recording the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I only normal, want to talk about Ian Happ on this episode. Normal text would be, BBD, do you need the suitcase? <laughs> Jake's not normal. He sucks. I'm happy he's gone. Wow. Wow. I'm just kidding. I love him. Homeowners. Remember when people used to think I hated Jake? Yeah, they used to think that you and him like really didn't like each other. Like had like active beef on and off the court. The truth is when I first met Jake, I was like, who is this guy? What does he matter to me? And then I've grown into a big fan of Jake's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good good respect. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You You have the National League. I do. Four minutes on the clock. What the hell? All right, my people. Let's do this. We're starting out in Slam Diego. Giants go down to San Diego, and they lose. Padres take two out of three. The first game, one nothing. We're wondering, are the Padres ever going to score a run with this badass offense? The answer to that question is yes. They went 7-4 in game two and 13-7 in game three. Uh, there was some walk-offs. There were some big moments. There was Josh Hader having some hiccups. We'll talk about that. Uh, Evan Longoria, did you get one stolen from you? You did. Jerks and Profar, nice catch there. Uh, Padres wake up. They take two out of three. They're looking good. Uh, moving on, Reds go. Or, Reds. That's the Reds. Reds at the Mets. That's why I said that, people. Mets sweep the series 5-1 Mets. 6-2 Mets, 10-2 Mets. This one probably went like everyone thought it was going to go. Domination station uh, from the Mets. Game one, Bassett goes eight innings pitch, one unearned run. Game two, Carlos Carrasco goes six and two-thirds with two earned runs. In game three, Taiwan Walker goes six innings pitch with two earned runs. They just are hot right now. Scherzer and DeGrom didn't even have to throw. They sweep the Reds because, of course, they do. They are the Mets. And not in a bad way. That's a good way of them saying that. Marlins go into Philadelphia. Phillies take two or three from them. 4-1 Phillies, 4-3 Phillies before the Marlins did it in game three. And they went three to nothing. Uh, Phillies uh, at one point had seven wins in a row. They're surging. Um, Wheeler was six innings pitch, one and run in game one. Syndergaard looked really good for them. Six innings pitch, two earned runs in game two. They beat Sandy in that game with a late comeback there. Um, they lose game three, and they also might lose Kyle Schwarber. Got a little calf strain going on. That is not good as they head into a matchup with the Mets, but they do take two out of three there. Philly's looking good. JT Arumuto is feeling it right now. Uh, moving on, Cardinals at Rockies. The Rockies take two or three. Was this a look-ahead series for the Cardinals? They got a big one coming up against the Brew Crew. 
Uh, 16 to five Rockies in game one. It was just all Rockies. I think they scored nine runs in the second inning or the third inning, something like that. Uh, nine five Cardinals in game two, and then eight six Rockies in game three. It was Nolan Arenado's, you know, homecoming type thing. He crushed it. Had some really good defensive plays. Hit a homer. Um, there was one ball, James. We'll talk about it. It was knocked about 500 feet in this series. That's what happens in Colorado. They take two or three from the Cardinals. Uh, after that, Pirates at D-backs. We're talking about two young squads trying to figure themselves out. D-backs take three of four. It goes 3-0 D-backs, 6-4 D-backs, 6-4 Pirates in game three. And the D-backs win the last one, 9-3 as well. Um, Gallon looked really good. Seven shutty, eight Ks, two walks uh, for them in game one. Tell Marte and Jake McCarthy had two run singles in the seventh uh, in game two. Uh, Bumgarner gets hit around in game three, and then uh, Merrick Kelly does his thing. Five innings pitched, three earned runs, though. Uh, D-backs had to take the lead with seven runs in the seventh. Uh, Emmanuel Rivera coming over and doing his thing. They end up taking three of four from the Pirates, and I believe this is the last series in the National League, and it is. Nationals going to Chicago, and the Cubs win two out of three. Six, three Cubs, six, five Nationals before the Cubs win the rubber match, four to two. And that, my friends, is what happened in the National League. I do want to mention. Yeah. In that game, Joy Manessis. This is in the uh, Nationals Cubs series. Yeah. I, teammates with this guy. All he's ever wanted to do is make it to the big leagues. He had to go over uh, and play in Asia for a little bit, gets his chance up. He hits the go ahead two run homer in the eighth. Um, He's getting a chance there, and I love it. Joey Manessis is a guy who sometimes I tell people, you got to root for guys. Okay. Just trust me on this one. He's a guy. He's the guy. Stand up, dude. He can bang the ball, too. I'm, I'm happy he's getting an opportunity. Joey Manessis noted. I know that the Mets are not one of the big topics at the end, so I just want to quickly give them 30 seconds of time and say I'm very excited for them in the postseason. I hope the Yankees are there too and New York's jumping, but I just want one of the New York teams and I think the Mets look so good. I know the Reds are not a great team. They've actually been playing better late, but they traded away a lot of their studs, but to get those three pitching performances, to hold a team to five runs over three games, your starters all go deep and DeGrom and Scherzer did not pitch. They just seem to be having so much fun. Vogelback walking up to um, Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And it was Bassett who said, like, you got to do it. Uh, He was on um, the Gotta Believe KFC podcast where he said that, if you want to hear it. But they just got good mojo, man. Like, they're being silly with Buck Showalter, which is a guy that usually doesn't do that. Lindor's going off, so... Lindor's um, looking nasty out there, Not a deep Mets talk on this episode, but fully appreciate what's going on i'm really excited for the postseason we got a lot of mets fans in the office it's gonna be fun the mets look great um you got diaz and his trumpet song is you know lighting the world on fire his run is so good when he does the shoulders like this i love that they have a massive series coming up here phillies mets it's not it's not like for the division or anything like that, but two teams playing really well going at it and the pitching matchups are just like banging, bro. So this is we're getting we're getting 
we're getting the guys. We're getting Suarez versus Scherzer. I think it's Nola versus DeGrom. And then Wheeler's pitching for the uh, for the Phillies. And I don't think they've announced who they're going to go with um, in that game three. But I'll tell you this. I was sitting next to uh, Tyler McGill's parents because his brother mm. Trevor is on the Twins. Tyler. And Tyler. And I was asking, like, hey, when's this guy coming back? Like, Mets are looking really good. Like, and they said August 16th seems to be the day. Sources. They're gonna put him in the bullpen to see how he does. And that to me, you got a guy like that who has an arm like him, you put him in the bullpen. Like that every once in a while that happens where you got the guy starting and you put him back in the pen, and then he becomes this lights out dude during the postseason. This could be the guy. Do the Mets need any more weapons? Because they're about to get another one back. Take them all. I, the Phillies also were not doing that's not the big topic that you have lined up, but it's the same note to get the six innings pitch two and runs from Syndergaard, um, Wheeler six innings pitch one and run. And then Gibby. Did you see his diving play? Yes. Tempton. It was almost awesome. Like I, that play, it looks like two blunders, but I or some people were acting like it was. But if everyone saw Reese tries to make the big scoop on the hot shot. It hits his glove, but doesn't squeeze it. It flings up. And then Gibby's eyes light up about like diving to his left to make, to grab the ball. And then as soon as he has it rolling or like then darting mid dive to the other side, like he's not going to do that Gibby, but it was awesome effort. But you know, for the Phillies to get that pitching and I think real Mudo's on a Homer streak. Hoskins was on a Homer streak. I mean, they're, their homers in the last 10 games have to be insane because they hit 15 as a team against the nationals before this. So that's going to be a fun series. We have a, we have a good weekend of matchups after kind of like there wasn't that many great week matchups this week. Yeah. And like the one thing I'm a little bummed about is I think Schwarber's going to miss all these games. I think they said he's day to day, but he had like a little calf strain. I don't see them. I don't see him getting in these games, which kind of stinks. Now you're out without Schwarber, you're without Harper. So, you know, I guess Phillies fans, you could use that as an excuse if things go badly, but the, the they're playing with, they're playing with confidence right now. And and they should be like, this is, this is the team that I wanted to see. Um, Phillies doing I, mean, it. I guess it's, I guess it's Rob Thompson. I guess it's, I guess it's topper, bro. I just got to admit it. Right. Yeah, it's topper. Anything about the cards, rocks series, or, yeah, no, it's cool. We, we had Arenado going back there. He kind of just he looks so dang good, man. And he's he's has a six war right now. I think he's second in, in all of baseball now to, behind Judge. And Fangraphs Judge is way up there. I um and Arenado surpassed Goldschmidt in war. So people, if you go on DraftKings and you want to check out the NL uh, MVP futures, I think you can still get Arenado at a pretty good price. I was looking up online. It was like plus 1600 or Goldschmidt's like minus 140. Arenado's defense could catapult him if he continues to go offensively. Like this guy, I I know we talk about him a lot, but just when you just really watch him play, I said it earlier today on baseball today. It's like, the girl who dumped you or the girl like that just didn't work out, but then she goes and gets like hotter and it gets like with a guy that's probably hotter than you too. And you're just sitting back being like, Oh man, look at, look at, look at what I, look at what I had. 
because he looks really happy, man. And the Cardinals are yeah. playing really good baseball. Massive series with them too, coming up against the Brew Crew. Yeah. Um, there well, was one. There's one. The homer I was talking about. Yeah. McMahon, <clears throat> lefty, lefty, right? Gets like a curveball, 110 off the bat. He goes in the 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 stands over the bullpen in right field. You know they have that massive wall already. I I don't know how many balls I've ever seen by a lefty go up into that portion. They gave it they gave it 495 on the stat cast, but I don't. Otani's batting practice ball, the home run derby. Yes, but this was like this was like right center, right center. Yeah, that was pull. Little League World Series, they just tried to turn a double play, and the guy running into second had his slid, but his hands came up, and he just took the ball right to the wrist. Broke up the double play, but he's hurt. Wild. All right, let's go to the AL. You ready? Well, no, I had some other things I wanted to say about All right. All right. the Padres and their offense coming along. I talked about this a little bit on um, on baseball today as well, so if you listen to that, you might hear it again. Isn't the Padres Pod- your big topic? Oh, we're not doing big topics right now. Yeah, let's just because because some the the oh, these are little topics. The yeah, these were little topics. Out of the way. See, look, we're working through this, people. I yeah. love it. Yes, let me save the big topic then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You'll hear about right, that. You ready for the like ten? Let's go to the AL then. The Guardians swept the Tigers, who are playing such bad baseball. They fired their GM, Avila, who's been there for twenty-two years. Going in a new direction. Cleveland, on the other hand, they're winning. McKenzie shut out eight shutout innings. Bieber pitched really well. Uh, Quantrill six shutout innings. Those are the last three starts from the Guardians before game one. And then Bieber adds to it. And then in game two, you had um, Diwali. Only two in runs. We only went four innings. And then Plesak throws a good start. So the Guardians are still playing, man. They're having a ton of fun. Six relievers combined for five shutout innings with Karinczak and Klausé closing it out. Um, good vibes there. Awful vibes in Detroit. I mean, like really bad vibes. They thought they were at the breakthrough point of this rebuild, and it turns out they are like redoing it again. I don't know. They're bringing in a new GM. The Yankees went west to play the Mariners. They won the first game 9-4. The second game was an absolute doozy, a 13-inning. I believe the longest extra inning game since the new Manfred Man rules. 0-0 tie, really good pitching, really good defense on both sides, really bad hitting on both sides, and absolutely atrocious base running by the Yankees. Embarrassing, oh. atrocious. The last three innings of extra innings, Trev, they only had sent two batters to the plate the first three extra innings. The 10th, 11th, and 12th, they only sent two batters because they made the free base runner. They turned into an out three times in a row. Unbelievable. And then um, Robbie Ray versus Cortez in game three was a nice, fun baseball game. You had good pitching, you had timely hitting, and the Mariners come through and beat the Yankees 4-3. to three. I thought they were good games. Mariners were better. Yankees still have some stuff to work on. Rangers go to Houston, and the Astros take two out of three. Or Kitty and uh, Martin Perez both get hit in game one, which was odd. Uh, not Framber. Not Framber. Framber's nasty. It's like 19th quality start in a row or something like that uh, in game three. And the Rangers won the Verlander start in extras. How about that? 
Tavares with a big big outing. Woodward says, I am proud of him. Mm. He didn't say it like that. He said it. Uh, Dusty made some good quotes about drugs. Blue Jays and the Orioles, only two games. Rain delay postponed. Orioles win both. Manoa gets starts and they dink in some singles and, and then put some runs up on him. Come back later. Uh, Lyles and Bright, Bradish, kind something kind of Bradish, I think is his uh, Twitter handle. He actually has been really good since coming back from the IL. Orioles still fighting, man. More on them to come. White Sox and Royals. The Royals take three out of four from the White Sox. More on this series to come. Granky had bases loaded, no one out in the heart of the White Sox lineup up and got through it. And I'm just like, come on, White Sox, which is apparently what all of them are saying as well. Yes. That's my topic for later. Angels and A's played, and the Angels swept the A's. I don't have much on this. I wish I was more excited. I actually watched game one, and then I it was a good, like, scoreless game. Otani almost gets hurt, comes back. I don't know. I don't know. That's all. I can't hear the music. Did I go way too long? I think you did great, bro. I can't hear the music either. I can't hear the music, and then I forgot to set my timer to check. No, you're good. You Crushed beat it, it by about 50 seconds. Oh, nice. Speed, sped through. Um, I, I, yeah, so I, I'm, I want to talk about the White Sox. BBD has the Orioles, Seattle on, on deck. So, Trev, are there any, any other teams that you're, you're interested or curious? Because I did watch a bunch of the highlights and the recaps and i i want to go back because i forgot i had this queued up in my mind is the pirates d-backs i understand people these are teams that are not involved in the race right now but there was an interesting play kind of like a a double play um at the end of a game not the end of the game but towards the end of the game key brian hayes first and second key brian hayes like short hops a ball they throw to second and then the second baseman, for some reason, instead of just firing to first base, decides to get, I think it was bases loaded, actually, decides to get the runner at third in a rundown. So the run ends up scoring. Then the third baseman um, goes back and tags third, or that wasn't third baseman, there's was a shortstop, goes back and tags third base. And it's like, well, it's not a force out anymore. So then he runs the runner back, and then the runner doesn't just, put his foot on the base. He stands next to the base. So then the guy tags him. Why did he out on purpose? It It was the craziest. I was like, what is going on here? The baseball IQ was negative in this play right here. I I just didn't understand it. So like they end up the Diamondbacks end up scoring a run on it, but it was like, we like to talk about positive baseball IQ. This was like negative baseball IQ (laughs) and like, kind of like, Diamondbacks just run. That's their that's their thing these days. They're just like running. It's tough. Anyways, I had to get that off because I was yeah. thinking about it's like what just happened. Like the runner, all he had to do, he was already back. James, he was back at second base with like two or three seconds to spare, and he just stood next to the base. Weird. And they just tagged him. <laughs> the, I don't uh, know what happened, dude. Anyways, let's get back to let's get the, back to the guardian. Deal. The guardians aren't part of a big topic, but they definitely deserve to be talked about. They sweep the Tigers, which is almost like the Mets sweeping the Reds, but the Guardians aren't the Mets. They're good, but you know what I mean? It's not like they're not best in the league, but they are atop the division now, Trev. Yeah, well, I was sitting at, I was sitting at Dodger Stadium. Um, they had already won their game, and the Twins were, uh, I think they, at the time they were up 
on the Dodgers. So we're like, all right, they got to they got to win to keep pace, and then obviously they lose. So now yeah, the Guardians are are up. Uh, that's still a three team race. I know we're going to talk about the White Sox. The Twins to me looked a little. They looked a little uh, overmatched there out in LA, which is maybe you expect that, but I don't like that attitude that I saw from them. But good on the Ooh. Guardians, man. They just keep going. They keep yeah, going. some cool quotes. Plesak said, we're buzzing. You can tell we have a winning streak. Guys know how to win. We're playing together. Timely hitting. It seems like everything is coming together right now. And uh, it's pronounced Classe, right? Yes. Why? What's up with Karen Check? Mm, he's not is he Is he self-aware now? Because he is, it's taking it to a whole nother level now. Every single strikeout at the end of an inning, he's he's taking his hat off, throwing his arms up, going nuts. Our, Forget if what you're it, in the, the, if, last weekend on. he did it, and I was reading his lips to Rosie and everybody. It was it was a weird phrase that he was saying. I forget what it was though. If you're a Guardians fan, do you guys put this in the chat? Do you guys like that, or is it like what do you what's going on now? I think he's got some off the field other stuff that have people like out where. If he was more Brett Phillips vibe, maybe they'd be more into it. So I think it's a tough combination. It to me, I'm like, I don't like it, and I'm like, well, no, it's too. I like, I I like some shit, but not that. It's too much. Okay, but um, I like this quote from Brian Shaw in the Guardians about Classe. He said he's starting to learn his finger pressure. He's starting to learn command. He's starting to become an elite pitcher. He's. St- I think he's kind of been one, but like if he's if he's making he's adjustments had the like this forever, now. yeah, he's had this. He's had the electricity in his arm for a while. That's cool to we've, hear someone else say about you. We've talked and, about this quite quite a bit on this show. I mean, the pitchers just they have the tech, and if he, this guy is now learning how to manipulate the ball even more than a freaking thousand mile an hour slider, then I don't know. I don't know how. This game, the game, I think might self-destruct because pitchers are just going to get too good. I swear, man. I swear, we. I swear, we haven't even got to the point yet where like everybody takes the jump. A few pitchers have used technology to um, to get better and to get back in the game. But once everybody starts doing it, I don't even know what's going to happen. Caleb Theobar. I'm going off on a little tangent here, but this is important. Mm-hmm. Caleb Theobar is a left-handed pitcher from Minnesota. Okay, he was. A good pitcher, relief pitcher for us when I played there. Took a couple years off, was coaching college baseball, Jimmy. They say, hey, come try out. Because he has like 100% spin efficiency on his pitches. Like this is a guy that, that organizations dream of. So he's like learned, he's like all up in the numbers. He's learned to use his tech. And now he's back in the big leagues doing his thing. And it's like, I don't want to say it's easy for these guys because you still have to do it, but like, holy crap, man. What are we supposed to do as hitters? Well, the, the shift getting eliminated might help. They should change the strike zone to, to lower it a little again. I think. <laughs> please, please help us. I think that's yeah, what think, hitters I, are saying. SOS, bro. Yeah, I think some of that stuff's going to happen. Dusty Baker has some awesome quotes. Did you not mm-hmm. hear the one about drugs? I didn't hear the one about drugs. I knew he's 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 quarantining right now. He didn't get to watch quarantining, the game. Quarantining, so he's Peacock. in a he's in a he's in a mood. He is he's he on drugs? Out. What's that? Is he taking drugs? He might be. No, they asked him because like the Astros are kind of going through that August. They were going through a little August malaise of like we're in first place. What the fuck? Who cares? It's the dog days of summer, and they asked for they asked Dusty about that. And man, he had a 
Oh, I think I remember. He said, well, back in my day, we had mother's little helpers to get you through that, but we don't have those anymore. And it's yeah. so, I mean, may, I was almost going to build an award around this because it's like, all right, maybe baseball's too long. I mean, here you have managers saying, yeah, back in my day, everyone needed amphetamines and drugs, speed just to get through, just to like get up for an August game. It's the Dude, truth. This was boring. I know it's the truth. It's a long season. I never what? took steroids. I've never taken amphetamines. I've never taken Adderall. I've I've never done anything like that. You know what I played on? Sugar-free Red Bulls, bro. Like, come on, dude. What? <sighs> yeah, it was a funny. I'm quote, too man. clean. It was. Uh, it's funny. Started now that I watch. I watch a lot of other sports and other countries and stuff because i have a baby and i'm just uh, whatever's on at 9 a.m i'm watching and then and then whatever league it is it was like i was watching the national rugby league and i was like what the fuck is this so i googled it and i'm reading it and i'm like damn man it's we play 162 games i can't find another league that plays a hundred there's nothing bro i mean it's basketball crazy. and basketball and hockey have half the games football has you know obviously you can't play that many games in football because of the violence that yes. occurs but yeah dusty also said ops is fan stuff he doesn't base his lineups on ops which is not true teams actually do ops but i'm sure there's other stats he doesn't but he started um guriel over mancini and mancini's been hitting the ball and he said i need a fly ball pitcher for framber he's only played 18 games in the outfield for baltimore um if I got his score, if I got Frammer pitching, I need Yuli. He's the golden glove. There's only one gold glove. If I got a fly ball pitcher, uh, Mancini only played 13 games in Baltimore. I got to play my best fly ball guy out there. Is Framber a fly ball pitcher? I guess so. I don't know. I, I don't have in my fly ball pitchers. I don't have Framber in my in my mind. But maybe I love maybe that answer is. though. It's actually it's real answer and good insight. Oh my god! We got someone in the chat telling me that they've been using text since Nolan Ryan and Tom House. I un- who is this in the chat? DW. Listen, man, I get that there's been stuff around. Do you you don't understand the level that these guys are using in every single bullpen? Even when they're playing catch flat ground, they do stuff. It's different. Don't I don't want anyone telling me this. It's bullshit. Yeah, I mean the Yankees, what's going on right now. Yankees is crazy. just built their, the Yankees just built their like Rapsodo, uh, state of the art pitching lab like two years ago, and then they didn't do it earlier. But yeah, they use tech, but not every every session. You know, they would have Dude, to. There go wasn't to, even the internet they, when no one. They would have to go around. to. They would have to go to Tom House's like setup and like he would get run their data, and now he probably do that three times a year or whatever. I just yeah. Yeah, so people in the chat are backing us up, saying that Framber has one of the highest ground ball rates in the game. So what, I don't know what's going on now. That's the <laughs> quote. I know. Dusty's, you know, he's quarantining. People aren't maybe he meant at first base. I don't know. Um, we're not going to go too far into Yankees Mariners, although I wish we would because the Yankees well, we got Mariners coming up. Yankees lost out on Carpenter, like he broke his bone. That's not good. Rizzo comes back. Oh, we're gonna do the Mariners. Yeah, okay. We'll do the talk about it a little bit a little bit later. I remember you mentioning that. BBD, hit us with the IL, and then let's get into these big old topics. 
in the inner league. First, we're going to go to Trev's LA, where his twins faced his Dodgers. Dodgers took both. All three of these series are two-game sweeps, so kind of boring, but the Dodgers... Their winning streak's up above 10 games. Three sweeps in a row. Twins fall out of first place. We just talked about the Guardian side of that. Um, yeah. Taylor hit a go-ahead home run in the sixth inning of game two. Gallo hits his first home run as a Dodger. Went the other way with it. He had some quotes about enjoying having a beard again, uh, which uh, Reddit people took too seriously. Over to Milwaukee, where the Brewers swept the Rays. Brewers win 5-3 and 4-3, so a couple close ones. Extra innings in game two. The Rays are 7-11 since the break. Only one win streak within the seven wins. They won three in a row at one point. Uh, Wander Franco's been running, throwing, and hitting off a tee. Could be ready to take live BP uh, potentially today. Manny Margot starts a rehab assignment. He's fun to watch. Hope he's back soon. Taylor Rogers received a cortisone injection in his knee. And... Over in Boston, the Braves came to town, swept the Red Sox, winning the first game in extras. Second game, they win 8-4. to four. Uh, Matzik stuck an ice cream cone in Grisham's face. The rookie who came up made his debut in homer. That was cool. Uh, Braves only gave only three, have only bunted three times all season and only did it once. That resulted in a hit. They had a big bunt over the week. Uh, Freed goes on the seven-day concussion IL retroactive to Monday. Sad. Don't like that. Bunch of bunch of two-game sweeps. Don't care about those. That's the IL. Good job, BBD. Way we actually be. were watching the game live when Freed injured himself. Like went for a, an errant throw, tried to like cut it off and throw home. His feet like clipped each other and then just banged his head. I thought he was like I thought he was just embarrassed at first because like it was like a pretty bad looking blooper type play, but he he smacked that thing, dude. So concussions are no joke. Hopefully he's all right, man. I don't think I've ever had one. I don't. I've never knowingly had one. I mean, I've gotten hit really hard and saw stars twice in hockey. Like had to put my head between my knees because I felt like I was gonna throw up, but it went away. But I don't. I don't know. I had a hockey team that had like five concussions. It was scary. <clears throat> This one we can start Twins and Dodgers. I was at both of these games. Uh, the vibe there was great. Uh, second day was Freddie Freeman bobblehead day, and the place was jam packed. And I mentioned like the Twins' demeanor. Just it just it never felt like they were in there. Like we're a first place team. Let's go take these Dodgers. Let's like let's make this a statement series. It was more like ooh, we're playing the Dodgers. Like this is gonna be tough. <laughs> like who's behind me right there? Hi, <laughs> Isla. Um. God, I love it. Love construction. <laughs> Anyways. That doesn't feel well wanted... for the twins, man. That's like kind of their thing. I I know we need them to have that confidence because, you know, we talk about the in the playoffs, like they haven't been able to get it done, obviously. And you have to – you got to fake it, man. I told Peter this morning, I said, if there's one trait that I have, it's the ability to conjure up confidence when maybe I shouldn't <laughs> have confidence. I have it in spades. I don't know why – but I can make myself feel confident pretty much in any situation. The Twins Jake has that as well. That. Yeah. 
I don't have that. <laughs> the Twins didn't have it, and it kind of showed during the games, even when they were up four to two. Which I, in my interview, I missed the chance to say four to two. I was thought oh. I, 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 I thought you were gonna say it too. Missed that opportunity, but it just the the Dodgers lineup is just absolutely relentless. It just never stops. Whenever the Twins needed to make a big pitch, they didn't. Whenever the well, Dodgers needed to make a big pitch, they did. You got Muncie and uh, Belly hitting now. Muncie's doing the step back thing. I put the video. I was watching him hit. I was like, I like that. Is he, is he doing the step back? And he just said it just, he tried it out. It's feeling good to him. You know, and people were like, oh, you don't need to make these big adjustments. So it's like, you know, he might do that for a couple games to get this certain feeling back up into the hip. And then maybe he, he lets go of it. You know, you just, you're making adjustments. The way he's been kind of hitting this year, he, he's, he's searching for things. Uh, one last point on that game. It was the loudest I've ever heard anybody get booed. My kids were like actually like scared. scared. <laughs> like, the, and Dodgers fans were fine. They weren't saying anything crazy. There was a couple of you sucks and a lot of cheaters. I had to explain to, I was sitting with uh, a couple of young twins fans, uh, Jace Tingler's kids and uh, Mike Herman, the traveling secretary, his kids were there too. And Teddy and Isla. And I had to explain to him like, they were saying, why is he a cheater? And I had to explain to him the situation. So the Dodgers fans weren't being, bad about it but loud dude and i don't correa kind of like feeds into it he's like looking into the stands a little bit he did not have a great series um i don't know man i it's, i think it's just gonna always happen for him he just has to wear it but yeah. it was loud i mean he leaned into it from the start so he really you know he was cutting wwe promos where altuve was definitely not doing that We'll see if it fades, but Altuve won the MVP. So that's kind of where that goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn. All right. We are going to get into some topics. Trev wants to talk Padres, Hater. I want to talk White Sox. We got Orioles and managers on uh, Marlin, Mariners on the docket. We have standouts and all that. Let's get into the topics brought to you by, ready for it? LinkedIn. Yes. Yes. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire and all cent- cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Jake loves LinkedIn. I think he's probably going to be upset. He didn't get to do this ad read first time we're doing this one. He's a, he's just a connection guy. It's all Jake is network, network, network. My dad, I think any business professional just absolutely loves LinkedIn. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's greatest, largest professional network. Uh, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. I think uh, Jake's Jessica went viral on LinkedIn a couple uh, years ago. A couple times. Yeah, she's like a star. I use LinkedIn to have a secret conversation with a secret friend. It's the only place we message each other. And it's beautiful. Like I have notifications on for his messages. It's wild. So thanks, LinkedIn, for giving me a secret pen pal. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash talking. That's LinkedIn.com slash talking to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I um. I had a buddy who like was saying this is like almost like a new social media type app. And you said like Jess went viral and like I haven't been able to use LinkedIn. I better set up a profile. I don't know if what my title is, but I, can you give me a cool title so I can like 
I don't know. I want to brag on LinkedIn. Just do a professional cool player. Like I think Gallo has a LinkedIn. Like I think there's professional players that have them. There's weirdly a lot of MLB players that say their bio is or their title is just like MLB player at Baltimore. Or that has to be like the teams made it for them. I don't know, but there are a lot of players that have LinkedIn. Really? Yeah. I'm. I'm in. I'm in, dude. And it's cool. You can see how. I don't know if people want this, but you can see how big. Like, like you could go. Yankee scouting department and just see everyone that works there because it's in their it's in their bio and you just click New York Yankees and see the people who work for the Yankees and you see the scouting department and then you can go to another team and see their scouting department and it's like two people and it's like can I it's interesting stuff I've gotten lost link, in that web that's interesting can I link my OnlyFans on my LinkedIn of course you can I don't see why oh. not yeah let's talk hey, Padres um, yeah yeah I want to. Shout out Gallo, hitting the homer. BBD mentioned it a little bit. Of course, he's feeling more comfortable in Los Angeles. Like, of course he is. That's I, That should not be a story. Like, the pressure is off of him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's performing. I think he hit a homer. Yeah, the pre- I mean, he's feeling better. I think it's a yes, small I'm, enough sample I'm, that the homer has his numbers now overall good with the Dodgers. So I am um, salty, sure, whatever you want. But, man, every, like, Talking Yanks episode this season, I would talk about how surprised I was, how much support Gallo got. I would ask Jake, why is it because he's Italian? Like, is it because like why? It, I've ne- I had never seen someone perform as poorly and get as much support from. I'm not talking on Twitter or social medias because that's a shithole and a terrible like big place. Uh, in the stadium, you go to a game, Gallo. Gallo before every at bat as he walked up, I had, I just had never seen it. And I you can go back and listen to talking next. I'm this isn't me revisionist history. I would say how come he's getting so much support? What's going on here? So for him to constantly be talking about how he didn't get support from the fans is 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 irking me. It's irking I can see me. that because I'm like, dude, there, there's never been someone who performed as poorly as you that was as lo- in the stadium. Again, social media is a shithole. Like social media would have you believe that Brett Gardner is hated by Yankees fans, and you go to the stadium and he's a standing ovation every single game. Yeah, like just it's Twitter's just not real. Um, but yeah, so and the LA writers are definitely like easier. Well, they're squeezing it out of him right now so they can get rile me up. But everything is less stressful. Absolutely, man. I think New York, New York City, even if you're not. A pro athlete is this fucking bottle of stress. It's the fastest. You're right. You're totally right. If you're just visiting there, you're like, holy. Yeah. Like- if you're visiting New York, if you're like, let's go for a day <laughs> in Manhattan, you're stressed. It's a. It's. I mean, I don't. Know. It's like it's a stress ball. At the end of the day, yeah, it didn't work out in New York, and that's no. happened many times. And it is difficult to play there. And people always get on me when I say, "Shit, it's hard to play in Philadelphia. It's hard to play in New York. It's hard to play in Boston. Like, no, these are places. He- it's difficult." And he got okay. booed when he didn't perform, but he got more support than I, I've seen a struggling player get. I think there's only a few stadiums that you'll ever really get booed at. To, honestly, like for not performing, like you might get booed for other reasons, a visiting player, whatever, whatever. But like, I feel like there's only a few stadiums in all the baseball, a few fan bases in all the baseball that'll like really boo you. And yeah, man, it's hey, like Texas how when wasn't you live, one of them, bro. He'd get when you, you know live, I mean? when you live other states, like you never hear the car horn. And then you move to New York and New Jersey, and it's a beep first state. And it, it's 
it's not that they're as angry as you perceive them to be if you're from a place that doesn't boo or doesn't beep. It's just like more casual. Like if you drive where me and BBD live, which is the North Jersey suburbs, I mean, you're going to hear car horns every time you're out. And then when I lived in Northern California, you just never heard someone beep. Unless it was like a, Hey, the light turned green. (laughs) I got booted. I got booted target field. Okay. So it can't happen. I played so poorly that Minnesota people, some (laughs) of the nicest people in the world booed me. They booed performance. Jeter got booed. Everyone loved him. Everyone had posters of him. He didn't, he had a bad stretch. He got booed. When did he get booed? It went over 30. They started booing him. It's oh. it's not it's, it's not what others perceive it to be. Like it makes people me are, so happy. When people are booing in the stadium like that, they're not. It's like how in it just in some households, cursing is nothing. It's not a big deal. Some places yeah. you get curses like the like worst. My thing mom can would call me little shit and I would call her big shit when I was like five years old. Like that was our nicknames for each other. Like that wasn't a curse word in my it's just different. But but people put their interpretation of it on northeasters and think that like we're super angry all the time. I was like, no, it's just nothing. Whatever. That's a different story. All right, let's go Padres. Padres coming out. We know the offensive struggles they had um, after the trade. You know, we, all we wanted to talk about was Juan Soto. What are we going to do with this lineup? They're going to, this is a murderer's row. I, I think I, even I said, is this the best one, two, three punch in baseball? And people were kind of got mad at that because people get mad about everything nowadays online. Uh, but it was really good to see them break out uh, a lot of cool quotes. Um, Machado, once we get going, we get hot. It's going to be a scary lineup. There's only one way to start a winning streak. That was from Soto. It's winning the first game. Um, I I just like that the length of their lineup, and it was inevitable for them to get going here in the third game um, where they went. They won 13 to seven. All nine Padres recorded hits. And um, Soto, another quote here, when you know you have a good lineup, you don't worry about hitting the winning homer. You just pass the baton, let the other guys do their job like we did yesterday, like we did today. It's interesting to say because it's interesting that he said that because you hear teams say that, but not not with power hitters like the Padres have. You know, usually it's like get on for these guys. But now like when you got a guy like Juan Soto, who's in the middle of your lineup, talking about passing the baton and just having good at bats. I think that really resonates with the rest of the lineup. If the big dogs are saying like, Hey, let's just go have good at bats. I'm going to pass it to you. I think that instills confidence in the bottom half of the lineup as well. And like I said, it was only a matter of time before the offense started clicking. I'm kind of all in on the Padres. Snell looked really good. And he's kind of like, a bonus piece ish for them. Like if he turns it on, he's kind of always like a late bloomer in the season too. Like if he gets going and the Padres pitching comes back and is, and they're the starters are what they can be. Then this is a team that's very scary. That's very much a world series contender. Obviously they're all in uh, and they prove that, but James. Yes. They got a guy right now that's supposed to be closing out their games for them who had a little hiccup this 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 outing uh in this series he was all over the place he was walking people he threw a ton of pitches 
started checking into it a little bit, and I mentioned this on Baseball Today, uh, but there's an article out there on at sportsinfosolutions.com, and they're talking about Hader and his release point. Now, he's been one of the most unhittable pitchers in the last five years. And a lot of it has to do with like deception. He throws from way over on the first baseline, uh, got kind of like a lower arm slot the ball comes out of, and that helps the perceived velocity. Velocity, And all that means is, you know, for all the old school baseball dudes, it just means the ball gets on you. Like what if it's 95, it feels like it's 100. And the reason it does that is because it doesn't have a lot of like vertical drop on his fastball. He comes from a low arm angle and it kind of just stays there. So at the top of the zone, you're getting guys taking that pitch or swings and misses. They're just not seeing it well, but for some reason, um, for some reason this year, the arm release point is two inches higher and the, the fastball at the top of the zone hasn't been what it needs to be. And it kind of like led me into thinking like, well, is that what the Brewers saw? Now, like there are other reasons the Brewers got rid of him. They, they, you know, next year he's going to be making a lot of money, but this, this, this release point thing seems to be an easy fix. And I asked Peter, like, isn't that just like an easy fix? Like you just kind of like, you got all the cameras, you have the data. Can't you just do it? He said, yes. So it makes me wonder like, I, what, why isn't there a fix yet with this? And is that why the Padres are like, sure, we'll go get this guy and we can fix him. There hasn't been a lot of games in San Diego. I think he's been in two, made a couple appearances. Like, so maybe, maybe they've already tried to do that, but that's interesting to me. And that's something that Padres fans have to look out for, you know, come September, come playoff time is like, does this guy have that pitch anymore? And with all the cameras and, like I said, all the data, you know he has the information too. And now it's up for him to make the adjustment. I'm just wondering why it hasn't happened so far. I'm looking at at the baseball savant. Uh, you can do, like, the image of the release point so you can see that it is lower uh, or it's higher this year. It's higher this year. People are – in June and July, they hit 306 and 36 at-bats against his fastball. In the earlier uh, months, April, May, they hit 0. 0.086, three for 35. It's it's higher, and also it's like skinnier. Where last year there was, you know, there's movement, a little movement. It was like like it looked like a beehive, and now it looks like Marge Simpson's hair. Um, skinny. But I had a thought. It's just kind of a joke, but I was like, what if he just changes cleats? He's just got like. Taller, taller cleats this year. I don't, like, I don't know what it is, dude. But that's, I know, that's, but it's funny. How, it's funny that it can be anything. Like, like this could be. Imagine if he was like, "Nah, I got new spikes. They're a little taller." And you're like, "Oh, okay, you're good." So it's not that he has to know about it. They have to know about this. I mean, this is a reason some prospects get sent down and and retool because their release points so different. Because you give credit to pitchers a lot, Trev, but you MLB hitters will notice the weirdest and most minuscule stuff about, I don't think this is a tipping situation, but you notice this stuff. And it's not that you notice, you wouldn't notice the arm, the release point. And, and sometimes I guess you, you can, if a guy comes from different places on different pitches, I don't think you're going to notice the two inches uh, difference, like higher on the fastball release point, but it's just, it's the, what the ball looks like coming out of the hand. If before it's staying and it's staying true and it kind of, you know, gives that ride 
movement that we all talk about and now it's not really having that effect so guys are seeing it better i mean that's just it's like a bread and butter pitch for him got to have that pitch going forward and it is a mechanical issue it's so easy to fix and like he hasn't looked terrible but this is josh freaking hater we're talking about you traded for josh hater you expect a guy to be nearly unhittable because that's what he has been it hasn't been that way all this season and i mean this is a reason why i kind of like when there are things like this instead of a guy being like Instead of people saying, oh, it's shelf life of a reliever. How was his September issue. last year? Do you know? Because not, I'm, not, look, not so, the, so I'm looking at his vertical release point. I like this stuff. And it was, I, I really don't know what this number means. 5.3 feet? No, it can't be that. But his, point? yeah, yeah, feet. But he's taller. I think that's what it is. Well, because you're you're going down, you're crouching down as you release. Yeah. Okay. So it was five point three feet, and that's kind of five point three is where it was at all of last year, and then it spiked up in September. And if you go back to twenty twenty, and oh, this is interesting. If you go back to twenty twenty, oh wow, Trev, his release point on his fastball has been slowly climbing for years. What could that yes. mean? I'm not sure. Like I, I'm not a pitcher anymore. Um, you know, I still dabble in blitz ball, but I think maybe there's some fatigue issue setting in, or so is it, it, was it, it could, it could be something before his release point also changing too. It could be, you know, where he's starting on the mound, his stride length, yeah. if his shoulder doesn't feel good when he releases from that point. So you kind of just subconsciously move up a little bit to feel that zip again. It's there's a lot of things that it could be. And it's just, it's, it's interesting to me because it seems like it's such an easy fix and I've talked to pitchers about it and they say, yeah, that is an easy fix, but it hasn't been fixed. And it slowly got to where it is now in 20 in 2017 through 19, it was like 5.1 inches. And then in 19, it spikes up a little bit. And then 20, 20, it goes up in 2021 started 5.2 ended 5.4 throughout the course of the season and now this season started 5.4 it got up to 5 almost 5.6 in the last month it did drop back down to 5.4 but it is it is interesting that and it's for his other pitches mirror that as well and there's just so many aspects it's just something to look at if you're a Padres fan if you're a hater fan I mean just kind of Let's see if he makes the adjustment. And this doesn't mean he's just going to get hit all the time. Like he's still going to have good outings. He's got plus stuff. It's just a, this is the type of thing that could, and this is not hyperbole people. This is the type of thing that could win or lose you a world series. This is your closer. Mm, Yeah. Rooting for him to fix it. He got saved by Machado's homer and that was nice. Oh, that was a nice one. All right, let's. Slider, uh, I want to two one slider by Rogers. He freaking crushed that thing. I want to talk about the White Sox. That's okay. what I texted you guys. There's an article that came out about the White Sox. There was the the stats. What who sent us that? Jake sent us that. Jay Kuda tweet. White Sox this year, 500 record. White Sox second half this year, 500 record. White Sox first half this year, 500 record. White Sox last 100 games, 500. White Sox since 1978, 500 record. <laughs> so, dude, have, have we fact-checked this? Because he went to he went on more and more about this, James. He added on to that tweet. 
And I don't think this is can't be true, bro. Last 70 games, 35 and 35, last 80 games, 40 and 40, last 100 games, 50 and 50, last 120 games, 60 and 60, last 140 games, 70 and said, that's not true, is it? That I don't know. Because then at the end, he said, absolutely crazy. The end, he said, last 140 games, 70 and 70, I'm afraid, which maybe is joking about how mid they are. I have no idea. But But we, we also got an article and, and this leadership and fire and leadership has been the talk of the White Sox all year. We've talked about it. There's been conversations and quotes already, but we kind of got an article with a lot of different players quotes on it because Cueto came out and said, like, we lack fire, basically. I can find the quote. So Daryl Van Schuen from Chicago Sun-Times wrote an article. And I I was very interested when I was reading it because, one, first Cueto came out and he said he, like, kind of questioned the team's fire after the game. And Cueto's been great. He's a veteran. Let me try and find the quote. He said, we need to be more aggressive, show more swagger. We can't get comfortable. We need to go out and play and play hard and show what we can do. We need to fight. We need to show the fire that we have if we have any. So, I mean, that's a veteran who came onto the team halfway through and wasn't like there last year and the rest and just kind of noticing the difference. And it's interesting because in 2018, was it? The White Sox were like the young, like swagger fire team. Like, that they was like, like, look like it. They still look like they have that, but the energy is zapped. And then they asked Tony La Russa about Cueto saying that. And I do have to say this. I really respect La Russa's, the way he handled Cueto aspect of this. Have you seen these quotes? Yes. Because La Russa said, I think it's a curious statement. And that's what he's getting dogged on. But he did go on to say, or he, it's better to be discussed in the family. If there's a problem, we'll straighten it out. Like, keep it in-house. Very Like, that's who he is. But he did say about Cueto, I was surprised he said that. His opinion is welcome, and it also carries weight. The guy is experienced. I'll ask him about it. So I, I like that he he basically said, I, I'm, I'm surprised he said that. I wish he kept it in-house, but I definitely value what he says, so I'm going to go talk to him. So whenever I can show love to uh, show appreciation for La Russa, I'm going to do it because not not that often now. Because now I'm going to pivot and say, it's clearly leadership. Like this is a team searching for leadership. Like, like the Blue Jays said when they fired Montoya, they were like, "We needed the leader. Like we needed someone to rally the troops and like get us going." And uh, I mean, Cueto says that our your do your guy, our guy Giolito says, "I don't want to speak for everybody, but sometimes it's there the fire. Sometimes it's not." To climb out of a position we're in takes a lot of fight, takes some fire, playing with purpose. We're all trying, but it's not about trying. It's about doing. Have to have that passion and energy. Andrew Vaughn said, I'm not a big rah-rah guy, pretty quiet and soft-spoken. Whenever, Whatever guys need to get themselves going on the field is great. <laughs> Basically, Vaughn being like, don't ask me. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm good. And then they asked some other people. And there's a lot of quotes on it. Harrison said, everyone here knows he goes out and gives it everything he's got about Cueto. 
So if it's something he might have seen and maybe the fire is just consistency, is no secret we haven't been as consistent as we like. It seems like a team searching for direction or motivation or something. We've been talking about this for a long time with them. I mean, when I get and guys. Ha- but now we got like five different quotes on it, like some substance to it. So I think when you said I give Tony props for what he said, I- I'm okay with him and the he's a veteran. So it takes it carries weight. But at the same time, he's like. It's a curious statement. Like he's got to know the pulse of the clubhouse. Okay. He's sleeping in the first inning, Trev. I don't get it. And then this is the other kind of interesting aspect of this because we've been, I've been calling for a moment from the White Sox, something to fire the boys up. Okay. So then we get this quote. But what's really interesting is this was through a translator. Okay. And I'm not saying this guy doesn't know how to speak multiple languages because obviously he does, but sometimes things like, get lost in translation. And maybe he said that like the last part of the quote, if we have any, like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the whole thing. Like if he just said, we need to show the fire that we have end quote, no one's talking about this. I know. And even Giolito's quotes were like, sometimes we have it. Sometimes we don't. I think that was after this though. Yeah. So like the, if we have any part might've just been like, a throw in by the translator. I hadn't, I haven't gone back to the transcript. I don't know Spanish fluently, but like that part to me, that was the whole, uh, that was the spark. I think this, not just him saying it, but Giolito now mentioning it, you know, and it's going to be a topic in the clubhouse. This, you can't get away from something like this. I'm assuming Tony LaRusa is going to have a meeting with the players about this. Cause if he doesn't, then Holy crap. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you even there? Like you, you have to address this. There's no doubt in my mind. You have to address this. This could be the spark that we've all like been waiting for the White Sox to take. And this is the division still up for grabs. Look, Cleveland is in first place right now by like a game or like two games up on the White Sox, whatever it is. They're a really young team. They do have the starting pitching that's vet- like that is their veterans there. I like the team. They're very exciting. The twins are kind of like, I still don't know how to feel about them. Like they're they're hanging on for dear life. That's kind of my opinion. That's kind of how it seems like to me. Like if the White Sox got hot, there's no doubt they can go run this thing. They still have a bunch of games against both those teams. This could be the moment if it's handled correctly. Now, do I trust that Tony LaRusse is going to handle it correctly? Fuck no, I don't. I don't. I uh, dude, I don't know. I mean, why? Sometimes you can pinpoint it to a lot of other stuff and, and they're not playing well. The, what? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying like keeping Tony around is like, a, for what? I don't know how many years he's got going, but you definitely had a team that was full of vim and vigor and cocky as shit in a good way. That's just dulled down un unmotivated and directionless. And there was like one big change. We had the Lance Lynn, Joe McEwing dust up in the dugout. I thought maybe that was going to be the spark, but then they smoothed it over, and then it's just kind of been ho-hum, ho-hum. When Jerry Blevins is texting me, talking about the White Sox, saying they just have no life, they have nothing, that's very telling. Jerry does not talk poorly or badly about many things in life. He's a very positive person, and he couldn't help but call me or text me and tell me, it looks bad. 
Yeah. I was looking at like some some offensive numbers for them, just trying to figure it out. I was actually like going through stats, hoping they would land in the middle more. <laughs> just like versus fastballs and versus changeups and shit like that. And oh man, did I just close it? Damn, I had something open. They're really bad uh versus fastballs and sliders. So the fangraphs has <laughs> all the pitches. Yeah, the two main pitches you want to be good at. Fangraphs has shit, here it is. So Fangrass has like um how many runs you score more than the average team versus pitches for their pitch value. So the White Sox score 22 less runs than the average team versus fastballs. They're they're not mid, they're bad. That is um 24th out of 30 teams. And then they score 14 less runs than the average team against sliders. You don't want to be bad at both those pitches, you know? Yeah. Like there's another team that's really bad at fastballs. The Padres are really not great at hitting fastballs, but they're plus against sliders. So you can be those two pitches because that's that's bullpen right there. I wonder yeah. what the White Sox numbers are against relievers then. I kind of want to go check that out because that fastball slider, that's relievers, right? Basically, yeah, you pair yourself down two pitches as a as a reliever most of the time. A couple pitches maybe to show, but your two main pitches are going to be a heater and whatever off-speed pitch. Chicago White Sox are 19th in OPS out of 30 against relievers. So yeah, that's bottom of the bottom of the league. Those are not team, not pitches you want to be bad against. Mm-mm. Where like the Yankees and the Dodgers are both pluses versus fastballs and pluses versus sliders, and the top one two against relief pitching in baseball. Dodgers are just good. They're just yeah. good, man. Blue Jays are also the same. All right, BBD, let's go to the Mariners and the Orioles because Fangraphs has a very funny, and it, it makes sense, but it's funny when you read it, stat. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. So the the Orioles and Mariners have essentially the same record. I think Mariners are one game ahead right now after last night's game's wrapped up or something. Um, but they have essentially the same record. Fangraphs has uh, the Mariners as very likely to make the playoffs and they give the Orioles no chance or a half game out of a spot. And uh, a few, few reasons. One, I mean, logically we know Mariners are probably more talented than the Orioles are going to have to play the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays more and the Mariners, I think did most of their games against the Astros already and get some extras against the Angels and Rangers and A's and the other the other mid teams there. They're not mid, they're bad, but just just funny. The Orioles have such an uphill battle. I mean, let me let me check um his baseball reference does odds as well. I, I, I have the this, I have the remaining game strength of schedule rankings right now in front of me. Um as it stands right now, according to tankathon.com that's where i'm at orioles have the ninth hardest schedule in baseball left they have seven against the astros 13 against the blue jays 
And then they play uh, a three-gamer against the Yankees, Guardians, Rays, and Sox, whereas the Mariners have the easiest remaining schedule in all of baseball. Really? They have three against the um, Braves, two against the Padres, and then seven and against the Guardians and three against the Sox. They're counting those as difficult games. They got a bunch against the Angels, the A's, uh, the Tigers, the Rangers. Like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that that's kind of where the biggest discrepancy lies is the strength of schedule. But maybe you got something else, James. I no, I think it's strength of schedule. But I was curious because the Orioles are in the East, where there's a lot of teams that are over 500, and they're going through the Central, so that's not good. Uh, the Mariners have the easiest remaining schedule, but they, according to baseball reference, have played one of the hardest. At this point, the differences in strength of schedule, it's not like the NFL or anything because it's when you play most everybody. So, you know, at, it starts out like plus five, minus seven. At the end, it's really like average minus one or minus two. You don't get a large spectrum. But the Mariners have had the hardest schedule, uh, according to baseball reference, and I was – I was like, huh, really? Because how do the Orioles not have – I would have guessed the Orioles because they just have more teams. But I guess who who have the Mariners been playing in the interleague? They had a lot of tough games going on early in the season. That's when people – when I declared them dead, a lot of people were pointing to that. Hey, we got a really easy schedule coming up the second half. Like, da-da-da-da, and sure enough, here we are. For the most part, their Astros games are pretty early. I'm sure they play them at least one more time the rest of the way. But And then I'm trying to find. Oh, they played the NL East. So that makes sense. Did I completely freeze? You, he, I, Everything sounds good. Videos are frozen, which is weird. But then now you guys are back. Okay. Well, happened once. you can hear me? Yep, audio was always coming through with a little funky. So baseball baseball reference has it as the Mariners as 86% to make the postseason or 89% to make the postseason and the Orioles at 46%. So schedule matters. I will say the Mariners are a better team than the Orioles. The Mariners are a legit team. Like I think they're the third best team in the AL or I don't even know how to do that right now because we have some weird stuff going on, but I think the Mariners are a very good team after seeing them, after seeing what Castillo's done in his starts, what Robbie Ray is doing, and then just kind of like they have a crispness and a timeliness, and more than anything, they have an intensity about them when you play the Mariners. The Yankees just played twice in the last three series. We're just like exactly the opposite of what we're saying about the White Sox and what you said about the Twins where it didn't feel like they were up to task. Like the Mariners very much feel like they are up to the task. Whenever I watch them, whenever they play the Yankees, they're like, they have this energy about them. Like, yeah, we're going to give you a fucking game and we'll probably win, which is cool. So I like, I, I like their pitching. The Orioles kind of have that. They're kind of just, I think they're better off having these odds because they're just, they're the, uh, you know, back against the wall of the Orioles. I went to a couple of other different websites and the rankings are completely different. So who freaking knows? Yeah. Dude? First yeah, of all, all... It's baseball. Second of all, like whatever. Mariners seem to be galvanized. I think that's a good word for them. You go through some struggles together. You go through some 
battles, like literal fights together. Like you start to get pretty damn close and you start winning together. And that's what really puts a team together, man. James, are you raising your hand? No, I was stretching and laughing. Oh. Baseball reference has the Tigers, the Angels, and the Athletics, or the Tigers, the Royals, and the Athletics. Their odds to make the postseason less than point less than point one. Are we? Uh, we haven't had elimination season yet. I feel like we're getting close to that. And yeah, nobody's been mathematically ruled out, right? I I don't think so. I think, I think we're still a few weeks from when that usually starts happening. Dude, the Orioles are kind of like you. You were on it first, James. You said the Orioles are really fun to watch, and now they got Batista coming out to the wire uh, walkout song. We get the whistles going on. Like Rugio Door is like I know his like overall numbers aren't great. But wait, wait, that's my award. Oh, I forgot about that. Come on now. They got freaking Rushman coming up. Like he's crushed it. Mount Castle is like superhero against the blue jays like you know like they have a lot of fun stuff going on there dude yeah um, they play these games against the blue jays and they win and yeah man they made some plays they just got hits they got they got some manoa early which i feel is against any good pitcher of his quality is very good rain delay happened at a good time like actually maybe a bad time because bichette hit a bomb and then rain delay they come back and they they win. Although, did it knock Manoa out the rain delay? Maybe. We uh, we all, I believe, have the under on the Orioles, and they have made us look like fools, and we're happy about that. I we am. don't want it, a bunch it, of crappy teams. Like We want teams to play well, and they've done it, man. Yeah, it's one of those cities, too, in those ballparks. Like I love Camden Yards. I, I used to... It's amazing. I used to go down there to just to walk, because it's like a four-hour drive. Or and maybe cool stuff hours? around the stadium and like, yeah, good vibe. I sat next to a group of deaf people, and that was like a cultural cool thing. They were okay. signing the whole time, and they weren't didn't clap when they cheered. Makes sense. And I, and I just like a little like you know I was like a high schooler or whatever. I was just a nugget. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. I like yeah, that. it was it was cool. They do the big. Oh, thing during the national anthem. I like that yep. too. It always got me. I always forgot about it. Oh, what the hell is going on? <laughs> the fight broke out in the stands. Yeah. It's going to talk about the Orioles in this matter. Brandon Hyde's been freaking biting it for a long time. And now he's finally, you know. Good for them for sticking with them. Yeah. That's what you, that's what like we've said about these teams. Like Jake said that about Tori Lovello is like, and, and we keep saying that about, um, the Phillies who that just change managers every two years, sometimes just let it go. I mean, and obviously these managers are not on teams with expectations, so they're just letting them run out the rebuild. But it's uh, some just let it guy like instill some routine and some energy and and figure it out. Yeah, uh, the chat is saying James that there is a big deaf academy in downtown baltimore it's called federal hill so that makes sense cool yeah i'd I chatter with them well you know however best we could I, I, i'm a, I'm a wallflower is, i'm a very yeah. like i treat i treat baseball games a lot like um people watching at the mall but not in a bad way it is very much like taking in how other people i did it however people watch the game and shit 
I think Balt. I think Cannon Yards is going to be one of those stadiums that sticks around for a long time. I think well, it's, it's not like, that old. It's not that old, but it, it has the feeling of a timeless ballpark. You Dude. got the you got the thing. I hope they never change what's next to it, like because uh, they've been building the skyline up around it. Like there's some new hotels that they've built, and then they have the warehouse in, in right field, and that's kind of that's a big part of the Camden experience. You see the warehouse, Utah Street, all that stuff. That I'm, I believe they own the warehouse. Uh, so hopefully they just. If they put like a hotel or something there, I don't know if the vibe would still be the same. Um, but if you get a chance to go to a game in Baltimore, it's the atmosphere is great, especially when the team is good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like that being good. I was gonna just say something and I forget. Oh damn! Well, you like try to think of ships that. in the harbor and stuff. Like, what's going on in Baltimore? You got pirate ships. Oh, pirate I was ships. gonna say that the White Sox could have had the plans for Camden Yards. They turned them down. Built cellular, which is as mid as it gets. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think. Like, do I like cellular field? Um, I mean, they've done some renovations since I lived in Illinois and used to go. But when I lived there in the early two thousands, it was as like bland basic ballpark as you like yes this is an mlb ballpark but but what's cool about it i don't know that's how it was okay and they turned down the guy who designed camden because they were like no retro ballparks aren't cool anymore just give us cement yeah (laughs) a big jumbotron yeah comiskey before we move on to the second half of the show did this on wake and jake the other day but didn't get to talk about it with you guys just just Adley Rushman is awesome. You take out his numbers on the year look good anyway, but you take out the first 15 games and it's 50 games of a 913 OPS. Then his I looked at his baseball savant like bubbles the other day for the first time. Like what he's what he's doing as a 24-year-old switch hitting rookie catcher. Very impressive. Like obviously yeah, he, was, he like, was the top prospect for a reason, but also fun and energetic as well. Ooh, and like the defensive is, yeah. numbers love him too. Like he's doing everything. They move the wall back and they go on a run. I know it's coinciding with a few people making their debuts. We just mentioned Rushman and the bullpen's been great, blah, blah, blah. But is I wonder if that's played a factor. Like it has to have. They would get shelled. All their pitchers are good now. Interesting. People yeah. used to talk about the trees in center field at Target Field. What about them? They had them in 2010. We won 96 games. Then, like, a few guys on the team complained about them. They wanted just a black batter's eye. Nothing behind. And then since that day, they haven't been very good. I believe they're back. Something's on. The, something's out in center field now. In Minnesota. Mm-hmm. All right. Padres. White Sox, Mariners, Orioles. Talked about. We're good. Uh, big series. I know we don't talk about this a lot. Big series coming up. Brew Crew and St. Louis. They're 6-6 six and six against each other this year. Uh, no game 163, people. So head-to-head matters if these two Oh, they're teams more than 6-6. Six and six. I thought they were. Oh, yeah, they're 6-6. Six and six. But it's, it's three four-game series. Yeah. And they've been 2-2. Two and two. No one has ever left each other's presence a winner. 
Yeah, 48 runs scored by the Cardinals, 44 by the Brewers. Like they're as locked in as you could be. And this, like we said, no game 163. So head to head will come into play here if the two teams are tied at the end of the year. So fascinating series for me. I, I, I love I love the matchup of those two teams. And they both just lost, or the Brewers beat the Rays. Brewers beat the Rays. Nice um walk off. Adamas had it. We didn't really go into that uh much. Uh Rowdy two games set kind of coming on and he makes a play at first. He gets the lead runner, the Manfred runner gets a ground ball to him, fires the ball over, gets the guy, the lead out at, at uh, third base. Adamas two pitches into the inning, walks him off or was it? I don't know if it was extra innings actually. I got to go back. We walked look. it off. But revenge game. Let me drop this stat on you, James. Let's hear this tidbit. All right. Time Get for... your head ready. Okay. Cause I'm going to drop it on you. Do you think training? the Astros are a good offensive team? Yes. The Brewers and the Astros are like identical offensive teams. Go check out every single stats. The Brewers have them in a lot of categories that you wouldn't think. They have more homers, more stolen bases. They score more runs per game than them. They have a higher, like a slightly higher OPS. Like, Maybe they didn't need the offensive upgrade. I don't know. They're like a top eight team offensively. They've been crazy, Do they man. strike out? Because the, the wild thing, and I don't know the Astros numbers this year, was the Astros would hit home runs, um, get walks, but also not strike out. Yeah, they, they strike out a little bit more, uh, but their on-base percentage is higher. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. The only question I have for the Cardinals is, did they, did they not – they lost two out of three in Colorado. Did they not use relievers – on purpose because the Brewer series was coming up um, or because, you know, sometimes you, you prep this, this, that, that Colorado series means a whole lot less than this upcoming Brewer series, a whole lot less. You would not burn any relievers if then they would know. not be available versus the Brewer. So I don't, I don't know and if then, people know that or not. And talking, situation. talking Yanks sharp stats. I mean, they just had to play the Yankees who made them, Use all their good relievers a bunch. Oh yeah. Uh, Records after Ollie Marmel, the coach of the Cardinals, the manager of the Cardinals, excuse me, said that there's no such thing as a big series. So I don't know if he approached that way or not. That's a lie. These games mean two. Not only do <laughs> you win, you also give them a loss, and you're fighting for them in the division. So, I mean, that's that's the type of that's the type. If you're a manager, you know that. that's the type of shit where it's just like. Dude, you're just lying. And there's no real benefit to that lie. <laughs> uh, stupid. All right. Standout performances. Oh, yeah. Standout, Standout performances. performances. Are they you get to go first by someone? Shady Rays, my favorite sunglass place, sunglasses. You also get like the best deal. I think that. Any of our audiences have ever got from a company, you can use code talking for 50% off two plus pairs. So it's BOGO, but it's not simply buy one, get one free because you can buy three for the price of one and a half, which would be buy one, get not going to be able to make an acronym out of that. Not smart enough Mm. to do that. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. They're changing the way you wear sunglasses in the outdoors. 
offering the best combination of fit style performance with the big brand price tag. They have a ton of styles. I mean, when we went to the Shady Ray's house in LA, the kitchen table was just lined with different styles. Um, it's like a ton of different styles. So go check them out. Use code TALKIN, T-A-L-K-I-N, 50% off two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Standout no performance. Standout performance. Trav, you want to go first? First, yes. And I'm giving it to my guy, Luis Castillo, traded over from the Reds to the Mariners. This time around, he's faced the Yankees twice. Uh, first one's kind of a snooze fest because Cole gave it up early on, so he kind of had no pressure on him. I wanted to see how he was going to do second time around against them, this time in front of the home crowd. Eight innings pitch, zero earned runs, seven Ks, two walks. Are you up for the challenge? Is basically what we had to ask Luis Castillo. He said, I got you guys. That's to do it. I mean, I guess you can think about two ways. One, the Yankees didn't hit him well the first game, so are they going to hit him well the second game? Maybe not, maybe not, I don't know. But also you can think about it like, hey, they just got a second look at you. And usually when you see a guy more, you start to find some things out. I think it's pretty cool for him to go back-to-back games against the Yankees and put these numbers up that he put up. Because he's he he is going to be the ace and then one in the playoffs and he's pitching like it, which is really cool. And he did. um, He completely switched up his usage when he went to the Mariners. And I thought maybe it was going to be. So when he faced the Yankees the first time, he dropped the four seam fastball from 40% to 22 and up to the sinker a ton. Now, that is a change a lot of teams are having guys make, especially when mm-hmm. they trade for him and like, hey, this is what I think. So I was very curious. I was like, was that a setup game? Because he knew he was facing the Yankees again, and then he was going to flip the script again and go back for seam and drop the sinker down. But no, he actually stayed with the sinker even more, bumped it up to 40%, which is what the four seam was at three starts ago. So the Mariners not only traded for him, they're tinkering with his usage already. Going to that two seam, which a lot of teams have been doing for for players, and uh, it's working. But he went 40% sinker and then 26% fastball. So if you do math there, that's 66% fastballs. Uh, And then slider and change up, he only threw like a couple of those. So he's good, man. He's got like the moxie you want on the mound, Mm -hmm. the smile, the fun, and then then to go back-to-back with, with a new pitch mix is just like he, fully bought in, like open to the coaching. I don't know. I'm I'm just like making assumptions here, but it's cool. He looks like a big game pitcher, which is, you know, I think you kind of have to have that to be honest with you. Like you at least have to have the confidence uh, to do that. And like, you know, facing the Yankees, a big, bad lineup, your first two starts with a new team where you're still getting acclimated with everything. And like, I think it's great. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. You you asked me. You faced Luis Castillo twice against the Yankees because we talked about that when he first got traded over. I would have said, "Hey, man, like if he if he goes six and gives up a couple runs, or you go, you know, whatever." Like, but he's been pretty much dominant. And the Yankees uh, hit the game before. They might have something on Gilbert. I don't think so, but they hit Gilbert pretty easily. Mm-hmm. My stand-up performance is a royal, Brady Singer. Mm. He 
changed something. I forget what it was, but he's been good for a little bit. I think he had one slip after being good. He shuts down the White Sox. 7.1 innings pitched, only one earned run, same situation as Castillo, had faced them his last start, and they got 11 hits off him, only four uh, four earned runs, 11 hits. Now he's facing those White Sox again, and he goes into the eighth inning, only one earned run. He changed something that he's doing. I mean, he had a no-hitter versus the Yankees three starts ago. He's on a bit of a run here. July through August. Now that, that white, one White Sox start might switch it, but two, four, five ERA in his last seven games started. And um, what he's done is he's up in his sinker even more. Halfway through the year, he just upped his sinker. But it's not a swing and miss pitch at all. He's pitching to contact more. It's only got a seven percent whiff rate. But that's what a two seamer is supposed to do. Yeah, a quick at bats, keep the pitch count down. Hopefully, you you can uh, go deeper into games, all that stuff. They, I think, did they fire their pitching coach, or did they talk about firing their pitching coach? They're like, oh, we keep forgetting about the Royals. They had all these young prospects, and then they weren't panning out. And now Singer's been pretty good. So good job by him. Yeah, he got three four nine on the year. Um, young guy too. This was never going to be Kansas City's year, but it's nice to see like you know some of the guys that you want to be there for the long haul like, have some success. And there was a stat on I think Farm to Fame put it out. Peter and I talked about this also. Twenty seven straight RBIs for the Royals uh, this last week were all um, gotten by rookies. Twenty seven straight. Really? So you could look at that two ways. One is there's a lot of rookies in the lineup or two, the veterans in that lineup uh, haven't got the job done at all. But I, I tend to think of it like, Hey, it's pretty cool that the young guys are coming up. They're given a chance to get acclimated and they performing a little bit. Yeah. He uh, had 29 swings on his sinker and he had 15 balls put in play. And I'm wondering how many went for hits. I don't think that many should be able to find that soon Two. Two went for hits out of the 15 balls put in play. So we're getting outs with it. It's a good pitch. Don't always got to strike everyone out. Tell them, Brady. Beebs, you got to stand out? Keep it tight, running a little long. Just shout out to Chris Bassett. Eight innings, one unearned run. Uh, We said it when the Mets got him, but with the rotation they've got, he's just like a bonus piece, and that's pretty nuts. I know it was against the Reds. I know the Mets are just really good, but Bassett, like you. And Bassett told him to come out to the song. Yeah, that was very nice of him to do for all of us. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go Shrimp Watch. Shrimp Watch. Sean Murphy, 0 for 13. Come on. Ah, Eugenio Suarez, 0 for 9. Big strikeout in the extra inning game. Nice pitch by Lou. Trevino, Mariners won the game. Uh, He got him last time, so the Yankees were paying extra special attention to ah, Eugenio. Dylan Carlson, 0 for 9. He had two walks. Devers, back, returns, uh, 1 for 12. Maybe he's been back. One intentional walk. Good for them. And then Reese Hoskins, he had hit four 
games with homers in a row, maybe five or was, and he goes Coming one off for a best 11. friend of the week award. Got the best friend of the week. So yeah, they they just knew like let's take care of this guy. He's hot. And Hoskins said, fine, I'll go one for 11 because my boy JT is going to light you up. Team baseball. That's what Love it's all that. about. Love that. Dirt nasties on fuego. That means I'm on fire, baby. Like Waco. How do you say this guy's name, Trev? Joey Manessis? Yes. Yeah. Five for eight with three bombs. How about that? Also three bombs. Another fun name. Vinny. Pasquatino lit up the White Sox. He went six for 14 with three homers. Good for him. Aaron Judge, he had two homers, four for nine, two, four walks. Nolan Arenado talked about him going home. There's old home in Colorado, five for 14 with two homers. Tommy Pham, I have not seen him in a Red Sox uniform yet. We will seen, I, I, well, maybe I have, but I just never like had my brain go, yeah, oh, yeah, that's hot. Nice. See him tonight. Four for 14 with two homers and two doubles. Brendan Rogers, eight for 14 with the homer and five RBIs. Mount Castle, four for seven, homer, two doubles. I think he crushes the Blue Jays. Emmanuel Rivera, five for 11, homer, two doubles. And J.J. Blade, that's a name I haven't heard in a while or said in a while. That is so fun. Four for 10 with a homer and a triple. Hey, your other guy, Taryn Varva. Two two RBIs in game two. I'm telling you guys, as a baseball rat, dude, a rat. Well, let's speaking of the Orioles, I'm gonna oh, give out my first award. Okay, you go. You guys already know who it is. The this the smell of gasoline award. Mmm. And it goes like to gasoline. What's that? I like the smell of gasoline. Goes to Rugnetto Door because. The smell of gasoline, even people that like it will admit it's bad, but they like it, is pungent, <laughs> gets your attention, okay. but then it will wake you up a little bit, it'll energize you a little bit, but you don't want to, but like, Odor's numbers are bad, Trev, but his impact on the yes. team is huge, and yes. this is what he did to the Yankees last year, his numbers were bad, so it was like, we can't keep playing this guy. And then you go on a three-game stretch where you'd be like, fuck, do I like Odor? And then he's the first one over the railing, hyping up all his teammates, coming through in somewhat clutch moments. You're like, fuck, is this guy, like, let's keep him around. Do I like him? And then he goes on a four-game, like, stretch of, like, 0 for 15. You're like, you look at his numbers, you're like, 67 OPS plus? Like, get this guy out of here. He stinks. And then you're like, he makes a pick and, like, screams. And you're like, fuck, I, mean, I kind of like the smell of this stink, though. He's a weird guy. He's a veteran guy that's, I think, really helping this Orioles club with with the fire. Like, if he's on the White Sox, is he helping them with, like, the spirit and the fire? That's what he did for the Yankees last year. They, like, leaned on him as a leader because they were directionless, the Yankees, last year. So he is just super interesting to me. He's not that old, but he's been in the league forever. And he just comes through, and he had a clutch home run, made the last out of the game. You're like, shit. He's part of this team. And then you go look at the stats and you're like, oh my God, that's not good. Have have you seen his uh leverage splits, Jim? Yes, his, his high leverage numbers are insane. Yeah, and medium and low leverage. He has a batting average in the ones and an OPS in the mid to high fives. Uh high leverage, two fifty batting average, eight thirty OPS. 
Look, I pl- I was a teammate with this guy through spring training, the vaunted spring training of 2018 with the Rangers. Uh, and I got to play against him a lot. And I think he's always kind of been like an enigma for me. Um, and I think I might have an answer to the high leverage, low leverage thing. He got paid really early on in his career. Um, so like there hasn't been a, like a lot of times, man, when you're still hunting that payday, like you're, you're locked in all the time. You're trying to get there. You've sacrificed your entire life. Like you understand the window. He didn't have to, re- he didn't have to do that. He got paid, like I said, very early on. So maybe he needs the pressure. Like he needs the pressure. He needs to feel that. Uh, but he is like a good guy in the clubhouse. Like I, I, I liked my time around him. He did work hard. It was like him and Elvis Andrews. They, we would all go out and take ground balls together and he would put in work. Um, I, I like your comparison to the, the gasoline thing. You're not really supposed to be smelling it, but you, then you do smell it. Hey, I like it. Uh, another, another thing about high leverage numbers for lefties like that is that a lot of times higher lever situations mean there's runners on base and two outs or something and teams will not shift the lefty. Like if he's up with no one on and no one out, second baseman's probably playing right center and shortstop's playing on the right side. This was Corey Seager or Kyle Seager last year. And a lot of Mariners fans were like, well, it's the shift. It's not the leverage. The shift goes away and he gets hits. I don't know if that's the case, but it is just something that like you have to check on with the high leverage for lefties like that. I love it. My, uh, move on to my award, my award, uh, got a couple different names for it. We can call it the, uh, go mox yourself award, uh, we can call it don't eat all the cookies award. I don't know. It's about having too much of a good thing because my people, we know about the Astros starting pitching. They can line up right now and throw Verlander, Valdez, uh, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, and Urquidy. That's five deep right there, but they're getting Lance McCullers Jr. back. He's pitching tomorrow against the A's. The Moxie King is back. Hasn't pitched since he came out of the game in the ALDS. Uh, so he's worked his way back um, the entire season. And just when, you know, we don't even really talk about the Astros a lot because they have such a big lead. I think they have the best record in the AL right now. They're getting yeah, they just, a guy. They just grabbed that. They're getting a guy back that, like, puts him on another tier again. Like, what are they going to do with this rotation? They already had to get rid of Jake Odorizzi, who was pitching to a 3-7-5 with him. They had to get rid of him because they had too many pitchers. They're going to go to a six-man rotation, and it's not like a shitty six-man rotation like you usually have. It's like you have six guys that are really good. So now we can piggyback these guys during uh, the playoffs. And now, like, if we need to have – you know, a, a starter comes out early. We don't have to really worry about uh, the bullpen because we're going to have six guys stretched out. Maybe a couple of these guys, that's going to be the role. Like we're going to put you in a position where you throw three to four innings. The Astros are getting better. And I think that's a very, very scary thing for the rest of the league, for all of baseball. Because this isn't just like, this isn't just like some pitcher, dude. I mean, this guy is a guy that can be dominant, who, like Ruggie Odor, loves pressure situations, seems to step up in the big games, and he's coming back. He's going to have some time to get his pitch count up. 
you know, they're not going to have to do a lot of stuff with him because they have the depth and because they have the big lead. So they're going to be able to take their time with him, get him where he needs to be. And then bam, postseason comes and they're going to have decisions to make about who, who the starters are going to be, but they're also going to be locked in. We're like, Hey, we can do so many different things. Dusty, so many things. Dusty is going to just have a field day. We get six legitimate starters. Throw something to the pen. Dusty has a plan. He always does. It's crazy, man. So like it's kind of gone under the radar because <clears throat> they don't need him and they have the the um the lead in the division. But McCullers coming back is is about as big of a pickup as you can get. So go mocks yourself. Ooh, go mocks yourself. Thebes, do you have an award? Do you want to give one away? I do. It's the best friend of the week award. Ooh. And it's going to Jamison Tyone. Seven innings, three earned. Battled through that one inning and survived and kept going to get through seven. We liked watching it. Six Ks, three hits, three walks. Uh, his fourth of the year. No I, knock on Jama, but elite. kind of a week. Our friends didn't have a great week. Not a great week. Best. It's Hap's birthday, and he uh, gets to go to Cincinnati where he always walks away with a homer. So I think he's due for one on Monday. Nice so, double right. happer in the uh, game. I'm trying to to premonition his. Wow, I like that. Happer okay. had like a really short mic'd up inning, and Joey Votto had like a really long mic'd up inning. Well, I think Happer they, liked it that way. What's that? I think Happer liked it that way. Yeah, he's good with those, but he also gets out. Yeah, yeah, there it happens. All right, let's uh, stimulate. We got new stuff going on. Just to let everybody know the Guardians are the winners of the Central now, and they take on, they host, they host the six seed Rays for mm. a three game set. That's an interesting series. The Rays. The Rays win it in Cleveland. Damn, that'll okay. be the second time because the 2020 wild card was in Cleveland. Yankees beat them. All right, Blue Jays and Mariners. That's a fun matchup. Uh, it would be the it would be the Mariners flying to Canada to play the Blue Jays at home. Wow. Robbie Ray turns. Who wins that? The Mariners are going to win that. I mean, Castillo Ray is a, a nice one too. If Gilbert gets back, they're tough. Uh, okay, Rays Yankees in the divisional series. The Yankees, oh, obviously. The Rays burned all their relievers in the three-game oh, yeah. set. They don't even have yeah, starters. All they have is relievers. Exactly. They burned them. Mariners and Astros in the divisional series. The Astros. Yes. Yeah, it's inevitable. AL goes through Houston. All right. On the other side, the this is blank. Who's the sixth seed right now in the wild card? Is it a tie or something? I'm getting pulling right now. I... I think I have the Padres as the last wild card team. Yeah, the Padres. So the Padres would be going to since the to St. Louis. Yes. To play the Cardinals. Cardinals. That's a fun series. Wow, Padres hearts getting ripped out by the stimulator. Jeez. It's tough. Arsota. They made the World Series last week. Alright. Phillies and the Braves. The five and the four. Phillies. Go to Atlanta. This would be a, a heated opening match. Divisional rivals. Braves still got it. I like the Phillies pitching when it's good. 
I've been trying to say this for a long Any time. Any given guys. night, they're capable of having the best pitcher on the field. Dodgers and Braves in the in the divisional series. Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cardinals and Mets. The Mets. Yeah. Dodgers Mets is nice. I mean, this is a loaded Final Four, Beebs. You're making MLB money here with the stimulation. Dodgers Just Mets. Hoping to get a cut. Dodgers Mets championship series. Who's going to the World Series? The Dodgers. Damn. One of the Mets. Yankees Astros. Who's going? Houston's Astros have home going. field advantage right now. What? Oh, we're getting the matchup, people. What do you say? I'm hitting here. Houston. Damn. Astros Dodgers. A rematch. A rematch of 2017. The Dodgers. Oh! And the Dodgers do it in your face, Houston. Take all your starters and shove them up your butt. No more Mickey Mouse. No more Mickey Mouse. That's what they're going to chant. No more Mickey Mouse. No more Magic Mickey Johnson's going to have the best tweet ever about this. Damn. He would. He would have a good tweet. All right. Hey, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. See Love ya. you guys. The only time I mentioned Jake in this episode was during the stimulation, he wasn't dancing. Mm. That's it.